Station. Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited! He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette Sports. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go do that voodoo that you do so Football. It's a great place to be. Let's be honest here. You're very excited about your Boilermakers. Coming up on the show today, we got our first look at the uh, depth chart for Purdue football. A uh, couple admissions off of there, that uh, omissions, I should say, uh, off of there that uh, are worth your attention. But how it all shook out and broke down, we got some things to discuss with that. But let's go ahead and get started. Like we always do, it is... Oh, by the way, uh, the text line up for you at 765-448-6525. You can always uh, text that bad boy. But let's go ahead and get started like we always do with uh, the need-to-know news. Here's your need-to-know news. Yo, shout-out to Purdue golfer, former Purdue golfer Adam Shank. What a way to represent the Tour Championship. About four years ago, he got his Tour card, and now he finished ninth. Double bogey on 17 took him out of that contention for top five. Such a bummer. But still a very strong finish considering he started in the mid-20s. That's a $999,000 payday for him. Had he parred that 17, he'd be looking at a payday around $2 million. Can't look at it that way. Uh, He actually finished with the fifth best score of the weekend. But championship format, they were, you know, based on where you're at the points, they were kind of handicapping that. So he was just strokes behind everybody for most uh, of the uh, tournament. Before he even teased the ball up, he's down, like, behind uh, Hovland. Like, it was like 10, 11 strokes, something like that. No, it was nine. He made up, like, five of those on day one. Fantastic performance out of him. Let's go. You love to see it. Good stuff for the Boilermakers. Some bad stuff for the Boilermakers over the weekend. Rough weekend on campus. 16th ranked volleyball loses Saturday to Creighton and Sunday to Loyola and the Reamer Extra Special Premiere. Not the way to start out the season that Dave Shondell and company wanted. Purdue's going to travel to Lawrence, Kansas this week for the Kansas invite. It's the only road trip of the non-conference schedule. Purdue takes on Kansas Thursday night at 7.30, followed by number 12 Marquette on Friday. Soccer absolutely bruised over by officials on Sunday. They drop one to Wake Forest 2-0, who now has a 20-game non-conference game uh, unbeaten streak. Purdue was on the board first in the first. Ref call it for offsides. Literally, it's a mad dash right in front of the goalie. I don't think so. Didn't look like it on replay either. Wake would score. on. It looked like to be an offsides play before that. 
Then they got a PK in the second, which, no. That was a tough one, man. Like six yellow cards doled out this. I was not a fan of the officiating, to say the least. Seemed just really, really all over the place. Feel bad for the ladies. Uh, they dropped that one at home. They're going to hit the road this week. Uh, they're going to go out to USC on Thursday. That's a top 25 opponent. Sunday, they'll stop at Colorado on the way home. So two on the road. Uh, Cubs uh, with three out of four over the Pirates over the weekend. Capped by another 10-run performance and a 10-1 win. Back-to-back -back games with 10 runs. Cody Bellinger had five of those RBIs. Assad, seven innings, three hits, one earned, seven strikeouts. Bellinger ends up going five of ten. Four runs, seven RBIs over those final two games. That's the good news. Here's the bad news. Brew Crew swept the Padres. So, Cubs lose that half a game there. Brewers in town starting tonight. Three big games. Wade Miley takes on James Tyon. Uh, Miley, a 9-4 record versus the Cubs all-time with a 4.01 ERA and 17 starts. He's 3-1 in his last four trips to Wrigley. Cubs sit four games back from the Brew Crew in the Central. Uh, they are a half game up on Arizona, who owns the last wild card spot. So uh, very, very pivotal that you take two here at least. At least. If you can take all three, ooh, good stuff. But you got to take at least two out of three here. White Sox, eh, they dropped their first two games to Oakland, but they took the last two. So it's a split with Oakland. Yay, 6-1 to one the final yesterday. Clevenger was good, man. Got to give it up for him. Ten batters, uh, he struck out. One hit, one run. Yon Moncada, what's up, man? Four for four, two RBIs. Aloy, the only starter to not record a hit. Not a bad response for those guys to losing the first two to Oakland, but again, that continues to highlight the issues the White Sox have. They should not be losing the front two to Oakland. Now, tonight, they'll get back after it. They're going to hit the road and go to Baltimore. Kopech on the mound versus Grayson Rodriguez. Kopech has allowed 28 home runs this year. That is... How high up in Major League Baseball is that? He's like a top, that's a top five number. That, uh, I just had it right here. Uh, in terms of home runs allowed, he is currently sixth. But he's also played at least one to two fewer games than most people at the top. Lance Lynn still occupies that top spot, by the way, with uh, 34. So, a little bit of a gap, but, you know, Kopech gives up three tonight, and that will put him in the third spot on the season in home runs allowed. Lucas Giolito, it's crazy to think about this. Lance Lynn's number one, right? Kopech's six, and Lucas Giolito is seventh. All were starting pitchers, or are currently a starting pitcher, for the White Sox.
It's been that year. All right, we are closing in on tomorrow's 4 p.m. 53-man roster cuts for the Colts and Bears. Colts uh, cut Kenyon Drake as well as Brashad Perriman. No trade yet for Jonathan Taylor, although his team and the Dolphins continue to try to hammer out some options to see what they can do with the Indianapolis Colts to make that happen. They reportedly have till uh, tomorrow, about 4 o'clock, to get that thing done. Bears uh, did cut Alex Leatherwood, so I know a lot of you are excited about that. But they also cut P.J. Walker, which means the backups, either Nathan Peterman or undrafted rookie uh, Tyson Begent. Uh, that is uh, an interesting development there. And uh, finally here, the Colts, uh, week two foe conference opponent, the Texans, announced that they're going to hand over things to C.J. Stroud. He will be the starter for the season. I perused uh, the known cuts so far for the rosters here on uh, the AFC and NFC. I did not see any boilers of note just yet. So we'll see what happens there, but... Uh, so far, so good uh, for your Boilermakers there on uh, the cuts. But tomorrow, those will come, and uh, we'll see how everybody does. All right. Well, it is week one for college football. Who's excited about this? Notre Dame absolutely crushed Navy. Absolutely crushed Navy. Uh, there is no college football tonight, but we are looking for something this evening here. What can we dig up? Well, let's take a look at who's hot in uh, baseball. Um, <sighs> tough stuff here. I did like this trend. You have got Arizona tonight. The Diamondbacks who take on the Dodgers. Bobby Miller is up for the Dodgers in the rotation. And he's been very good. 7-3. and three. 3.86 ERA. Zach Gallen, though, listen to this stat on no run first inning. 20 and 4 this year. He has done it 10 straight. He has done it 4 straight against the Dodgers. And he's a perfect 5 and 0 as well, no run first inning on the road this season. That was a big one. That stuck out to me. And remember, we're looking for some straights. We're looking to build up that bankroll as we head into week one of college football. No need to get crazy this week. No need. We're looking for some solid stuff here. We're playing some singles, not trying to go crazy on the parlays. Granky is also insanely good on no-run first innings. Here's the deal. His strikeout number tonight is two and a half. I'm not kidding. It's two and a half. The Pirates are one of the worst teams at strikeout rate against right-handed pitching. And he's sitting at two and a half. I know that he had that crazy stat there where he could not, the Kansas City wouldn't win with him starting. I mean, they did that for the longest time. But two and a half? Two and a half? I know he's one and 12. Two and a half? Please. Strikeout lines for him. Five, four, three, one, one. That's the last five. But 
I mean, he's generally hanging around three or four. That's so low that I feel like you got to get in on that one tonight. Two and a half? Two and a half? Come on. I don't care where you're at in the rotation. you got to be able to strike out three guys over a start. If you can't do that, you better be the world's best knuckleball pitcher. Two and a half. Like I said, we're not going to go crazy tonight. Not going to go crazy this week. Hits, runs, RBI, Seiya, Suzuki has hit his over one and a half in 10 straight games. And 11 of his last 12. Career versus Wade Miley, 667. Not a bunch, but still solid. Matt Olson for the Braves at Coors Field tonight. Gomber is on the mound. Oh, no. Gomber allowing 364 to left-handed batters. Olsen hitting 270 against left-handed pitching. Also, Mookie Betts just does nothing but hit baseballs. His line's at 2.5, but you're going to get a good price there. He's done that in nine straight. Hits, runs, and RBIs over 2.5. 13 of his last 14 games. These are the hot hands tonight. All right? A little sprinkle on a parlay, maybe. We'll play the straights. We're going to build that stuff up here, and uh, we're going to take a look and see if we can start making good college football picks this season. I was reading this article here on Louisville. Seven and a half seems to be very popular right now. I do not like that 84% of the spread money is on the Cardinals. They're taking on Georgia Tech, who has an absolutely abysmal run defense, both these teams have new starting quarterbacks, uh, but you know Jeff Brom's down there in Louisville. He did get Plummer back from Cal. Don't forget about that. So there's somebody that's very familiar with what's going on. He's got a great running back against a Georgia Tech defense that cannot stop the run. But you know who can stop the run? We know this. Jeff Brom. But if they're scored and they get up and they can run the football, uh, I feel like it's going to be okay. Seven and a half, an early play for you. And then, oh my gosh, Sunday at noon is Northwestern and Rutgers. Ugh. Ugh. I'm not in sicko mode yet. I think I'm going to leave that one sit for just right now. But I know you want to watch more college football on Sunday, but dare you watch that. We'll see. All right, we're going to take a break. we come back. Listen, we got the two deep out. For Purdue football, what are we noticing? What do we like? What's a surprise? Let's talk about that and more. That's next. It is the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer. One oh It's game week. It's 1017 The Hammer. 1017 TheHammer.com. Good place to be here is the Purdue Boilermakers going to kick off uh, against Fresno State, and uh, a bit of research has shown me that uh, Fresno actually not a state. That's all right. Bulldogs will come on in here. Um, I don't believe they've changed the spread much. It's it's at four right now in favor of Purdue. The over-under was opened up around like 50. It dropped down to 47. Now it's back up to 48. It's trending back up that way. Uh, you know, no player props or anything like that just yet. 
So nothing you can really sink your teeth into. We'll get there eventually. Don't you worry about that. Today, though, we did get um, Coach Walter's press conference. Did we get a whole lot of great information? Uh, yeah. And they continue to play everything pretty tight here. But we do get a, uh, a 2D. Now, you know, our folks down at IU, uh, Northwestern, I believe, said it too. They're, they're not going to tell anybody anything. Okay. It's Tuesday. We got our first look and our first chance to get some answers to definitive answers, not speculation, definitive answers as to some of our personnel questions. What are the big things I've been on? Remember, wide receivers. How does that hierarchy shake out? Listen as your starters, Dion Burks, Abdul Rahman Yassin, and TJ Sheffield. Okay. Mershon Rice also listed as a uh, receiver there. Uh, Jaden Dixon Veal, Elijah Canyon, or the other uh, wide receivers that they have for the week one depth chart. Mockaby Tracy, Dylan Downing as the order we go with running backs. You know Hudson Card's going to be the starter, no problem. It was good to see Josh Kaltenberger listed as the top center. You knew that Gus Hartwig was not going to be back, but Kaltenberger banged up. Uh, you were hoping that he was going to be good to go. It is listed as Kaltenberger as a starter, then or Austin Johnson or Jimmy Liston after that. In fact, almost every spot on the offensive line listed as or or or. Left tackle, Musa, or Daniel Johnson, or Ben Farrell. Left guard listed as uh, Preston Nichols. On the right side, though, we're, we're definitive here. Jalen Grant is your right guard. Marcus Bow is your uh, right tackle. There's no oars with them in the backups. So left side seems to be a little bit more up in the air. The big surprise here, I think for a lot of people, was that um, I think we were all expecting Garrett Miller to be able to go. Garrett Miller is not going at tight end. But you know, and if you've listened to the show, you've heard Tom come on here and say they really like the tight end crew. And I was a little surprised here that the the freshman Max Clare is the guy that gets the start here. 6'4", 245, redshirt freshman. And it's either uh, Bibber or uh, Paferi afterwards. They got the old or. But Claire, yeah, the freshman at 6'4", 245. That's the dude that gets the start. A little bit of a surprise there. Next surprise here is, if you remember, we went to Big Ten Media Day and we tried to get a sense of what this defense really is. I'll tell you this. The defensive backs not listed as corners and safeties, just all listed at defensive back. Cam Allen. True freshman, uh, freshman, freshman Dylan Thieneman, Sanusi Kane, the senior, Marcavius Brown, the junior, Marquise Wilson, the redshirt senior. Leaving Anthony Brown, Joseph Jefferson, Antonio Stevens, everybody else. Boom. Uh, we 
Did not know how that was essentially going to shake up. I mean, we you knew Cam Allen was going to be out there. You definitely knew Sanusi Kane was going to be out there. And Tom's been telling you that Dylan Thieneman for the last couple of weeks was also going to get a start in that secondary. So I don't know necessarily that the personnel are that big of a surprise to me. But we knew we had uh, a whole lot of incoming in that secondary. So we know kind of where those holes get filled here. Uh, OC Brothers at linebacker. How about Yanni Karloftis? Redshirt sophomore. I feel like he's been there for four years already and just has been waiting to break out. So Yanni slides down into the linebacker role, listed at 6'3", 235. So he's put on some size, and he's going to start getting his first starts of his career. One outside linebacker list is Kyder Jenkins. True freshman Will Helt backing him up, or Scotty Humpich. D-line starters Isaiah Nichols, Cole Brevard, and Malik Langham. Little bum to see redshirt freshman Joe Strickland at the bottom of one of those DL charts there. I know he got here, got off to that rough start because of the um, uh, the mono that he had. Listed at 6'4", 275. Still a lot of talent there. Mo Monaday, another West Lafayette Red Devil. Comes in second there in the middle behind Cole Brevard. Everything else kind of works out. Looking for a third starter for the Red Devils here, or a third potential starter, uh, but Kayla Crockover does not win that kicking battle, it looks like. Jake Ansel still your punter. Kick returners are Tyrone Tracy, Dylan Downing. Punt returners, Marquise Wilson, TJ Sheffield. So the tight end thing, probably the biggest surprise that you're going to go with the redshirt freshman and Claire there. I think the Dylan Fiedemann surprise was kind of ruined for us uh, the last couple of weeks. We've been hearing about that. Seeing Yanni at the linebacker start, pleasant surprise there. A lot, probably one of the more asked about guys that I get locally. When I go out to high school football, people ask me about that. I think it'd be pretty cool if we get him and Mo uh, both starting in a game. Would be really cool. But we'll see what happens. Overall, Coach says he feels good about it. Coach says he feels like he knows what this team is. What they can do. Seems great. Only two, by the way, they also list coaches and where they'll be on the field and we're only putting two in the booth everybody else Grant O'Brien and uh, Seth uh, Dogey are all uh, the only two up in the box Coach Walters along with Graham Harrell Kevin Kane both on the field it's interesting. You got both your play callers down there. It's different for everybody. Some guys just see things better from up there. Some like to be on the sidelines. 
But I found that interesting. I mean, somebody's got to be up there, I guess, right? Do they? I'm trying to think of how many would be up in the box during the Brom regime. They go back and ask Tom about that. Still, that's the info that we got today. It's very exciting to see that we've got, you know, actual information, real intel. For the first time in maybe this era, (laughs) right? But yeah, tight end remains my uh, big shocker here. Good to see some West Side talent out there. And just to see Kaltberger listed as the starter and hopefully good to go. I think it's uh, some pretty solid signs here. Pretty solid signs. We're going to take a break. We can come back and uh, hang tight. I got more Hammer Down Show for you next year on 1017 The Hammer. 1017. Hey, welcome back. It's the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer. 1017 TheHammer.com. Well, I'm Jared Jesselitis. All right, uh, another weekend of high school football. The coaches' poll is out through week two. Not kind to your area teams. West Lafayette, fourth in 3A. That's uh, that's the, that's, I, I won't say high point. That's not the, uh, that's not what I'm looking for there. But, you know. They're the only ones that don't drop. They stay right there at 3A. A uh, nice win over McCutcheon. Uh, Another frustrating game for the Mavericks, who played some really great defense. But the old fourth quarter creeps up on them yet again. They had, what, three drives into the red zone where they came away with no touchdowns. That was a frustrating game for them to lose. But I definitely felt like I saw some improvement out of them. They're going to continue to get better. Like Shane Fry says, and we had him on the program uh, uh, Friday night, you know, they treat this, it, it's it's a nine-game preseason before the actual season starts. Everybody makes it into sectionals, and that's when it matters. You use these games to get better. And you know, unfortunately for McCutcheon, after a great showing against Garen with the defense... West Lafayette finally got to him last week. And it was, you know, penalties were so huge for McCutcheon. Uh, Fixable mistakes. That had to have been the frustrating thing going in and watching Saturday film was just seeing the the, the penalties that could have, big plays negated by holding calls, things of that nature. Just bad. Meanwhile, West Lafayette, you knew they were a good team. Carson Kitchell looked a lot better this week than he did the last week, but then again, you know, they were able to get completions in there. Big time completions when they needed. He got a lot of help out of his backfield. Dawson Martin 
really iced that game to get that last touchdown right before the end of it. You know, this is a little bit close. It's probably a single-score game. If he doesn't rip off a 60-yard run, gets tripped up at the three-yard line. Sorry, 24. Uh, I'm doing my math wrong there. Sorry, 17-point game. I'm still doing the math wrong. Hey, don't, don't worry about the math. It's a lot closer, I guess. That's the point. I don't know why I can't do it right now. I'm, I'm losing my mind. So there you go. You got those two now. McCutcheon's going to go out and get a win this week. They're going to take on the Bearcats of Muncie Central, who were not good, who got blown out by Delta and Yorktown over the last two weeks. McCutcheon should roll in that one. Question is, can they make the adjustments they need by the time the sword game comes around on September the 8th? It's two weeks away. There's the big question. While they do that, West Lafayette, well, they'll take on Tipton. Game they should win. I mean, what'd they do last year against Tipton? They, no, they didn't play Tipton last year, did they? I mean, they're well aware of what that offense wants to do. West Lafayette going to be fine. Going to be fine. Central Catholic goes down. The battle for the Bishop's Cannon does not go well. 27-3, that offense stagnant last week on the road. Because of that, they've dropped down to 6th in 2A. Coach's poll giving them a little bit of credit because they just went out there and lost the number 2 team in 3A on the road. That's a better offense than 3 points against just about anybody. Garrett, a good team. And no disrespect, but I think that CC offense is a bit more explosive uh, than the Mavericks right now. The Mavericks still managed to put up double digits against them. It's extremely hard to go 2-0 right out of the gate in your non-conference if you are scheduling things well. It's difficult. So now the Knights, they'll turn around and take on another 3A opponent in, in Hamilton Heights, who's 2-0. Wins over LaPelle and North Montgomery. Double-digit wins, and that should be a good matchup. Heights won the crossover game last year, 41-21. The conference crossover game. So CC looking for uh, a little bit of payback. These two don't get together very often. You can go back last year, there's that matchup. Then you got to go back to 2017. And they were able to knock off Central Catholic at La Rocca Field 37-24. It's just these two don't get together very often. So that's interesting there. Uh, it's tough in 5A. Harrison takes that loss on, you know, playing field, rolling the dice, and going for the two-point conversion in the second half, making it 15-14. And again, it remains, it is tough to go 2-0 in your non-conference if you are scheduling properly.
a sectional opponent who last year you split with, you won the regular season, you lost the sectional. Harrison, more than happy to lose the regular season but win the sectional if they go back and do that. It's a tough one. You, you know, you want to be playing well, but this isn't one you want to be playing your best football. I'll turn around. They'll play uh, Marion this week. You expect them to win that one. Marion coming off a 42 to 6 loss to Mississippi. I shouldn't sleep on the Indians who are 2 0. If that's the case, I didn't realize that they had turned into such a good, uh, good 418. They're not even ranked. Jeff's interesting. Second loss. You heard Coach Shanley on the show tell you that he thought this is an improved Michigan City team. They had that win. They lose it 36-30. to I know they continue to have some personnel issues here and there, but Lance Crowder's a great offensive weapon for them. They've got some Jimmys and Joes. They can do things. The problem for the Broncos, I think, going into uh, week 3, 0, and 2 is I look at the next three weeks, and they're not getting any better. You're just not. You're not getting better playing Tech, Richmond, and Muncie Central. Those are three very bad teams. And frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if they just showed up at Richmond and Richmond just didn't bother to show up for the game. Tech has six points on the season. They are being outscored. 100-6 on the season. Richmond is being outscored 68-20 on the season. Not good. Muncie Central. 85 to 21 being outscored on the season. And Jeff absolutely rolled through all three of those teams last year. And every year. 42 to nothing against Tech last year, 80 to nothing against Richmond last year, 55 to nothing against Muncie Central last year. 177 and nothing. You don't get better playing those teams. That's why the Michigan City game was so important. You had two opportunities to begin the season to try to better yourself. Now you're going to go through these three games. It's not going to help you before you get to Harrison. Unless time is the enemy. And you hope to have some guys back by the middle of the season. That could help you against Harrison. But developmental-wise, Tech, Richmond, Muncie, Central, not doing a daggone thing for you. Now, that being said, the back half, Harrison, McCutcheon, Marion, and Kokomo, that's going to do a little bit more for you.
know, Kokomo solid program. I think McCutcheon's going to continue to get better. Kokomo, two-point win over Leo and a uh, 14-point win over Whiteland. They're number two team in 4A. There are some challenges, and I like that you have those challenges right before the sectional. It used to be, you know, Jeff would have to play the Richmonds and the Muncie Centrals heading into the sectional, and then all of a sudden, you're playing a, a top five team in 6A. And what's like to play Richmond one week and then a top five team in 6A the first week is sectional? Takes a minute to adjust. There's just no escaping playing those teams in the NCC. It's so brutal. But I guess if you got to get back down to basics and you got to build some confidence, hey, 200 and nothing over the next three weeks, and that'll build a little bit of confidence. Hopefully not false confidence. But that's where we sit. Coaches' rankings out. Like I said, West Lafayette at four, CC at six, Harrison's fallen off. Jeff fell off after that first week. We'll keep an eye on it. We're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. Coming back. Things we may have missed and more. Coming up next, this is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer 1017. Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer 1017TheHammer.com. Tomorrow on the program, Terry Peebles is going to join us. I was also told, although they're not in my hands yet, I'm told that sometime this week we will have uh, some tickets to give away for that uh, opener for Purdue football on Saturday. So looking forward to that. Let's get some things we may have missed. New Mike Allstott's coming back. Honorary captain for the game this Saturday? Oh, yes. Oh, you're in good hands with Allstott, aren't you? Super pumped about that news. I saw that today, and I was like, let's go. Let's go. Other things today that I saw that we may have missed. I love Petty. Brett McMurphy has this, uh, and I'm sure there's a little bit of a loophole to this, but there is a bar in Milwaukee that is advertising that uh, if you come and drink there during games, they're going to pay your drink tab if the Jets lose and Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback. Here's the fine print. Tell me if it's a good deal. Must start a new tab 15 minutes before the game starts. Deal is not valid during Packers games. Must be present for the entire game. Only the drink tab gets paid if the Jets lose. Does not include food. Aaron Rodgers must start. So I'm guessing as long as there's not a crossover, there's not a Packers game going on at the same time as a Jets game, which... Uh, Jets will play that 430 window, right? Or um, Packers play that 430 window, won't they? Do a primetime game, you're good to go. It's good for like 
however much you drink during the game there, which is nice. That's not bad. Think about everybody that's coming in, too, to drink because you feel like, oh, man, Jets are getting absolutely smashed tonight, so we're going to go get some free drinks. I mean, they're going to they're gonna swindle some people. I think it's pretty cool. I love Petty. I absolutely love Petty. And finally, um, Jim Harbaugh today did his first press conference, and we all know it's, we know the shtick by now. Today, in order to deflect from his impending suspension, which is was going to be NCAA imposed, but then they bulked to the four games, now they've reduced it to three, and they're just going to do it themselves, so that he only misses three, doesn't miss a Big Ten game this year, uh, and then, uh, you know, if the NCAA makes him do another game, it won't be until next year, so... They can just do that. I mean, it's just gaming the system. But instead of being able to ask about that, oh, old Jim decided that it's really the NCAA that's the problem. These kids can't get paid. His kids can't get paid. The the state employee that's making nearly $7 million a year is upset that there's no money to pay these kids, apparently. Now, like I said, Nearly $7 million a year, that's what that dude makes? How about you peel off $3 million of that? You got 125 guys on the roster? Is that what it is, 125? So you peel off that uh, $3 million, it comes out to around, what, like $25,000 per student? It's not bad. To go with everything else that you got going on there, you know, the access, you, you get things like the, you know, the, the weight rooms and all that stuff, uh, nutrition, counseling counselors, all that other stuff, that's a pretty darn good deal. Now, if you're a scholarship player, let's add in the $56,000 a year it takes uh, to go to Michigan on top of that. Seems like a good deal. Why don't you make a donation? Can, can you make a little donation to the NIL there, Jim? It's probably not legal, but certainly that hasn't stopped you from doing some other stuff before, right? Because it's all about the kids. I don't mind you having that stance, Jim. And this is, and he's not the only coach, but he's the one that made the big noise about it today. He's not the only one. But I'd like to see the amount of coaches who would be willing to take pay cuts in order to see their players get paydays. Because I, it's great when it's somebody else's money. But as soon as you start talking about yours, they tend to pump the brakes. That does it for us on the Hammer Down Show tomorrow. Terry Peebles, Harrison Raiders head coach, will be our guest. And I just might have those tickets. We'll see if I get them in hand for tomorrow. We'll see you back here on the Hammer Down Show on one.